I learned how to ride a bike out there actually drunk in a car park with flip-flops on at night with no lights. Was that the actual driving test? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't do it at that point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rooting Around podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Tom. And I'm Sam. Yeah, you are. Hey. Sam. Fuck. Thanks, guys. I've just developed a stitch from sitting down. I apologize. <laughs> my ribs hurt. <laughs> we work you hard here. Yeah, for real. So, Sam... Sam and I go way back. We went to university together, but uh, you guys might know his business partner, Ash, who comes on here regularly. So just to start with, we were going to do this episode about Mexico because it wasn't necessarily because Sam is Mexican. Feels like it was. Yeah, it's kind of like the the trifecta of of Mexico is that it's Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. You're my friend and you're Mexican. And we were going to do an episode about Mexico. Uh, but Stars aligned. But you've traveled all over the world, not just Mexico. What, what's your favorite place? I kind of hate this question, to be completely honest with you. But um, Okay, what's your least favorite place? Uh, also really difficult. In terms of food, probably Russia. Sorry. Um, well, everyone, no, it's, it's like it's not, it's not, a, it's not a secret. Everyone knows the food's terrible. Though. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Just uh, so sick of fucking dill and salt potatoes. being the primary fucking flavors. Um, but yeah, I th- I don't know in terms of like what my worst place has been, just because everywhere just does definitely have its little charms about it. But in terms of places that I definitely want to go back to and could probably spend a shitload of time in, it's probably between Mexico, Vietnam, and Italy. All right, we're going to have to hit all those, all three amazing food. Yeah, I think that's yeah. mainly it, to be honest with you. I definitely travel with my stomach more than anything else, for sure. <laughs> What's that look for, Kel? <laughs> well, there's three things that you can travel with. You like a trifecta on this yeah, episode, yeah. don't you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Everything comes in threes. <laughs> so what? Your stomach? Your mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess you could travel with your heart as well. And your penis. Oh, right, yeah. 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 It's definitely the genitals. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you were just... You, you knew what the... You had stomach and you had penis and you were scrambling <laughs> to find the third part, the third corner of the trifecta. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's a cube now. That's yeah. a square. Yeah, a cube would be way more corners. <laughs> all right. All right. Fucking build a gay spirit level. Like, just move on. <laughs> I was struggling to count the corners in my head that a cube would be. So, yeah, okay. Isn't it eight? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. So, shit food. Mm-hmm. You have both lived and worked in Russia. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, we, I feel like we had very different experiences, though. Yeah, oh, a million percent. Do you know what Sam did? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard. I've heard. Okay, uh, I, I, I couldn't I, under no circumstance because I do what you did there. Yeah, it was fluffing. Rough. Jesus, yeah, <laughs> pure fluffing. A year of fluffing. <laughs> I'll sort of give you guys a little bit of a breakdown. After university, I just wanted to travel, basically. So I did a CELTA course and then traveled to a bunch of different countries. Uh, But Russia was one of them. And while I was there, I was working for very rich families and basically was a manny, a man nanny, and (laughs) just looked after really, really rich Russians' children. Uh, Tried to teach them not to be dickheads, taught them English, and basically just made sure they didn't kill each other or anyone else. And it was interesting. Were you treated like the help? Sometimes. It was weird. There were like levels of the help. So you had like the Filipino maids who were just 
like the dirt beneath their boots. Like they didn't give weren't a even fuck. visible. Yeah, like horrendously treated. They would live in house and would basically be on their beck and call like constantly, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, no respite whatsoever. Um, I would live away. They would pay for my accommodation, and then I would come in five, six days a week and work and just do that. How long were you spending in the house each day? Mm, I'd say between like eight and 12 hours. Fuck, yeah. That's a long old day. What are you doing with them? Dude, half the time. You're just playing card? A lot of the time. The CSGO or whatever the, they play. The fucking, the kids were in school anyway. So you would literally be sitting around a house waiting for them to get back and then it was like, right, go, go, go. It was insane. I mean, rich kids, they must... Oh, well, uh, over there especially, they just must be like, I want to fly an aeroplane and just do the most random shit. And I'm guessing you went along with, did they ever do anything like that? There were a lot of random things that we'd have to go out and do. Um, a lot of it was just ferrying them about from place to place. So the kids would have like a million different activities they would do, like piano uh, lessons, guitar lessons, different languages. They did jujitsu. Um like Didn't they do fencing no thankfully <laughs> thankfully fencing and polo weapons were off the cards <laughs> she was a godsend really um so a lot of it was just like time management and sort of making sure that they were on time to everything and then i was like, weren't playing with their phones which they constantly were bloody youths yeah isn't it? cool shit though what cool shit did they do uh um, are you not at liberty to say I mean, cool in what terms? Because I... I don't know. They must have just been like... I don't know. Did you ever, I don't know, go on holiday with them? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. We ended up going to... I went to Turkey, Paris, and <laughs> somewhere else with them. But I get, the holidays were the worst bits, mate. Cause oh, you, you'd be in their grill constantly? Yeah, because you usually have like at least 24 hours a week off. There, it was just like constantly, constantly go, go, go. Um, Paris was horrendous. When I was out there, the, uh, I don't know how much I can really say about these people. Um, it's all right, they're probably all sanctioned now, so don't worry about that. <laughs> 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 to be fair, this is probably the safest time to mention it. Yeah, so the first job that I had was for what I wouldn't really call a single mother because she had like an army of helpers around her. But it was a mum who was divorced from the parent's dad, who was an ex-footballer for kazan fc so we went to a few football matches with them and it was literally so you, uh, so you were you were based in kazan yeah the first time so we would go out to like these football matches and he would just be treated like royalty it was like crowds would sort of disperse in front of him we would go in and it was amazing like parting the red sea exactly when we went to paris they decided to go together but like separately so i was supposed to be sharing a room with the dad and then a the, room, a room. So there were like it was a twin room, me and him. He oh, it can't be that baller then. <laughs> he never once slept in that room. Um, but I would take the kids out for like the day. What was he doing? Prostituting around? Uh, no, he was sleeping with his ex misses. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? Trying to rekindle? Well, yeah. trying to re like rebuild the fam, the family, <laughs> the family. The um, and then any time I went back into that room, you would just see a really shittily made bed next to my perfectly made but thankfully they didn't bang in my bed that was a that was a blessing they chose a single bed as well yeah for real um but yeah there were plenty of weird fucking things like that <sighs> i remember there was one time i phoned you 
and you were outside the house and you said you were walking up and down the estate and there was a guy in like a watchtower. Mm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was like armed. Sorry, I'm not giving this enough detail. In my mind, it's very clear. So they lived on like a massive estate, which would always have like uh, armed guards there 24 hours a day, multiple personnel, um, some with like machine guns, all with pistols at the very least. And any time that they would go from place to place, each of the family members would have their own driver, their own car, and their own like armed guard with them. Holy shit, how dangerous is Kazan? It's not that dangerous. No, it's it's really not. Oh, it's just. But this is pretty chill. It was just like I think it's not particularly expensive to hire like ex-military personnel, especially when you're that rich. And it was just nuts. Another world, for real. What's the most? What's the most expensive purchase you saw a child make? Oh. (laughs) And you don't have not like obviously I'm not expecting you to to be like oh it was it was two million rubles, but just just be like a it was this item and, um, and they were eight i mean the kids frequently would always like when i was out there balenciaga was getting massive so you would always see the kids be like oh i want this i want this just on the website and the the parents would just take it and just be like bye 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 no like it was just not an issue did you ever get any of their like hand-me-downs oh, or, yeah. or, or were they, what, were they some two... size three shoes <laughs> yeah <laughs> rich people stuff <laughs> no no they, they did throw me a really awkward, horrible birthday thing, which was <laughs> genuinely unpleasant. Which was that I got like a bunch of flowers Sweet. and a balloon. And is it because you were a manny and they were like, "He's a lady. He'll enjoy flowers. <laughs> he loves flower." Yeah. Um, they call it Balenciaga. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely callback. Um, yeah. No. Aside from purchases, I do remember one time one of the uh, the like left hand man of the dad of one of these families. He came to the door, and the little seven year old would like run downstairs to go and sort of meet him, and the dad would be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, go on, go and grab that." And the kid came back up with like a carrier bag full of money, like absolutely bulging, all with like the highest denomination of rubles. I think it was like what fifty thousand. Probably a five thousand. Five thousand, sorry. Um and I think I vaguely equated it to being about fifty grand just in <laughs> just in a fucking carrier bag. Well like like a Tesco coat, like a exactly. like a Pichorichka like supermarket bag. Exactly. Blue, oh, really see through. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh and the dad just took it, popped it, popped it away, went into his room. What was it for? It into a safe. Fuck knows. What do you I reckon it was Scooby? for? I do not know. That they I imagine we're in some fucking shady dealings, but the first day that I got them, um, the same sort of right-hand man to the dad, he picked me up from the airport and he spoke limited English, but enough. And I basically asked him, I was like, oh, uh, just out of interest, like, what do, what does the family do? What does the dad do? And he was like, never ask that question again. <laughs> oh, but I thought he was a footballer. No, no, this is a different family. Ah. So this was when I was living in Moscow. Yeah. What was what was the experience like between Moscow and Kazan, a, a, away from the the rich families and oligarchs and whatever the fuck? I had mates that were living in Moscow that I had uh, studied with in Barcelona years before, um, so I ended up hitting them up, and because of that, I think it was just way more fun in Moscow. You would oh, only, sick. You would only have one day off a week, but it was always like 
big house parties like you go out to have like mad dinners and yeah, it was really really fun you were you were st petersburg not moscow right yeah but even when i lived in st petersburg i i didn't get even the slightest glimpse of that my 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 life spent in st petersburg was in like 20 story soviet blocks from the 70s and it was grim and uh i just like buy bottles of vodka from the local georgian fruit shop because mm-hmm. they wouldn't serve it after 2 a.m and i'd be in there at three and, uh, <laughs> um, and yeah i didn't i hadn't i had none of the trappings of oligarch life unfortunately damn i did have a similar thing with the big sort of 70s soviet era block thing when i first moved to kazan i remember getting dropped off in the middle of like the biggest most desolate estate i'd ever seen <laughs> and it scared the shit out of me it was at night and there were these two kids with a massive alsatian in between them on the doorstep to where i needed to go in and they had a huge bottle of what i now know is kvass but i thought it was like beer and i was like these fucking just like little russian hoodlums welcome to russia yeah. oh, it was terrifying those those doors when you first see them are so intimidating well the big the big metal big steel doors like... doors yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they're terrifying yeah. they are exactly what i would imagine prison doors being no they have bars normally <laughs> <laughs> So how long how long were you in in Russia for in total in Moscow and in Kazan or, did, or was it separate occasions? Separate occasions, uh, years apart as well. Actually, Moscow was the last teaching job that I did, so it was about four five years ago. There, I was there for about what was it about eight nine months, and then in Kazan, it was only a four month contract. It was like a temporary thing just to sort of see what it was like. They offered to extend it and i was like there's no way <laughs> like i'd made enough money and i was like i'm out was it not wanting to pry too much or was it good money yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. uh, i mentioned Balenciaga earlier of course yeah. <laughs> they had did you not hear well, the bit about see. the carry bag full of notes yeah, yeah. it was fucking great <laughs> what was it for i don't mm. know <laughs> i wish he'd slip me a little wad but never happened you could have just took a fistful you wouldn't have noticed mm, you probably wouldn't if you yeah. if you if you're Counting your money in by the bank loads, you're not going to yeah. miss. The kids were little rats, though. They definitely would have told on me. Hey, yeah, but then you got to beat them, haven't you? <laughs> so when did where did you go after after Russia? Because um, you've been all over the shop. Do you want a little breakdown of like different places that I lived? Yeah, take us on a timeline. Okay, so and then we'll put a pin in each one, and maybe we'll discuss. Okay. Uh, the first place I went to was Poland. And then after that, I lived in Italy for a little while and then Russia in Kazan for the first time. Then it was out to Mexico, then Vietnam, then Russia again, and then back here. Are these are all work teaching placements? Yep. And were they all like Manny style? or No, no, no. Like normal schools? The only Mannying I did was in Russia. The rest of it was either in like um like private english schools or in public english schools as well but they were like kind of supplemented by government money that was like in vietnam how was it teaching english in vietnam i fucking loved it man like the kids were more well behaved than anywhere that i'd been before just really really easy to get on with they really respected teachers everything cost pennies like you could have a full beautiful meal for about a quid Mm. like it was just such a good lifestyle it's something i noticed so a few weeks ago i was out in turkey um for my current day job at a um like setting up peace schools setting up a peace school um and uh i saw these turkish kids and i had some like welsh teachers out with me as well 
and they were like they were shocked compared to like how fucking terrible kids are in this country oh god oh my god they're like real children came up to you and said hello and didn't tell you the fuck off and you're like teachers couldn't couldn't understand this like paradigm (laughs) kids come up to them like (laughs) they've actually done work like (laughs) is that is that what vietnam was like (laughs) yeah i didn't flinch when any of the kids moved too quickly um no they were fucking sound i still think like to this day that the worst kids i've ever seen were like the kids in my class when growing up like it was unbelievable. Where, yeah. where where did you grow up? London, southwest. Oh, fancy. Oh, maybe fancy. Well, maybe not fancy. That was alright. That was alright. Mordor, yeah. right? Mordor, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sauron, yeah. beautiful. Uh, yeah, end of the Northern Line. Uh, oh, you have the Morden. Mm. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I only, I only say that because I've only got bad memories, like like most people have, of waking up on the Northern Line. Like, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And being like, oh fuck's sake. Yeah, it's kebabs, homeless people, and usually regret. Normally, Unless you live there. Normally, I'd, I'd get on the tube at Camden. I'd wake up in Morden. So I must have been out for like a good, a good hour and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah, a, easy. That's a good kip. And I was only going to Euston Square normally. It's <laughs> a different line, but whatever. Where in Vietnam were you? Hanoi. So, yeah, living in the capital. It was brilliant, man. Like, I think that was the biggest place where I've lived, where it was like the most intense culture shock straight out of the plane. Southeast Asia is another beast, man. It's crazy. It's so much fun. Well, I've not had the the India culture shock. I hear that one's really fucking intense. But Southeast Asia's like so overwhelming, like the humidity, the noise, the smells. It's that feeling when you get off the plane and it's like that just wall of air hits yeah. you and all the smells and oh it's amazing. I miss it so much. Um and yeah, the whole city just seems like it's about two car crashes away from just erupting in flames constantly. Well, <laughs> motorbike crashes. Um, any close calls so many daily I mean I guess driving on the roads there in general are just it's just close calls it's it's mental and the amount of like accidents you'd see dead bodies like it was it was brutal yeah man I saw yeah it was horrible loads of westerners would have this consistent like uh, burn on their leg in exactly the same place I've I've got that exact burn on my leg yeah oh nice yeah (laughs) Don't they call it like the tie tattoo? Tie tattoo. Yeah. yeah. I've got there. I've got that from my little motorbike in, in Myanmar. Sick. Yeah. When were you in Myanmar? Three years ago, four years ago. Well, nice, yeah. man. Was it like as scary as you would imagine Vietnam driving on those peds? Oh, n- n- in- incomparable. Just because it's got the population density of like rural Somerset. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> where most of the place I was. And also, like in the big cities, like. In, in Yangon, um, there aren't any motorbikes, not allowed. Oh, no shit. And then, like, up in Mandalay, it's mostly, like, rickshaws and the odd one, but they, it wasn't that bad. Oh, fair. Um, yeah, it's, I, it can't, I can't imagine. Like, I've seen traffic, what traffic looks like in Vietnam, and yeah. it's just night and day. This was, like, empty mountain roads. Oh, fair enough. Maybe you'd see someone who was on a horse. <laughs> I've, I've had an experience with you driving through mountain roads at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, less said about that, the better. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely miss the chaos of Southeast Asia. It's just mental. It's so much fun. Did you do any, there. like, road trips outside of the English stuff? Like, you must have gone and mm. seen yeah, loads parts of, of the country. Yeah, actually, when George uh, came down, a, a friend of ours from university, he came over from wherever he was living at that time, and we did a massive... In the north, just beneath the Chinese border, there's a huge loop that's about 
three or four hundred kilometers called Hazang. And it's all the way through like incredible mountaintop scenery, all of these different valleys, loads of little indigenous peoples like living all over the place. And it's amazing. You do it over the course of, I don't know, you can do it in about three days to a week. And sick. it's awesome. It's so, so beautiful. Is that like a common trail that people do? Not that many. It's not something that a lot of people go out there specifically to do, but I, I think it will is, be. It, there's, I know that there's one route that is like busy with tourists. Isn't it like Hanoi to Ho Chi Minh? You yeah. Know, like you buy a shitty bike illegally and then mm-hmm. sell it when you get down to your yeah. end. That's a long old trek though. My mate did that. Mm-hmm. Um, when he had a massive crash and had to go to hospital for a few weeks because he's oh, an idiot. Man. Oh, uh, and he hasn't got a license and couldn't ride a motorbike. So <laughs> you, you re-put yourself. Yeah. Um, Pretty much the qualifications that everyone goes into it with. <laughs> I learned how to ride a bike out there actually drunk in a car park with flip-flops on at night with no lights. So It's pretty authentic yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Was that the actual driving test? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't do it at that point. They, they stay issued flip-flops. <laughs> What what do they tend to drink out there? Because um, they, they in Thailand it's always like it was the Sang Som rum. They'd always call it rum or, or whiskey. Mm-hmm. It was always the same shit. So for like lighter drinks, they always have like rice beer. You would go to these places, it wasn't a Kompenzang, it was um I can't remember, but they these tiny little tiny little breweries that kind of popped up all over the place, which would just sell the wateriest beer room temperature with loads of ice cubes in it so you'd sort of drink it and it was more hydrating than it was alcoholic it was insane but you'd see people just come in have like four beers and then sort of go about their day back on the motorbikes but um the strongest stuff like rice wine was the big one and you would get all different flavors they would have like snakes and lizards and all sorts of other things like fermenting in them sometimes which were rough how strong is rice wine I think it depends, like, on wherever you go. I th- it tasted, like, about 50%. It was brutal. Um, but, yeah, some of them were, like, a little bit sweeter, a little bit more mild. It was good. Yeah. Sick. Right. Mexico. Mexico. Tell us about Mexico. I am, well, I'm half Mexican. I initially went out there to go and meet my dad when I was 22 uh, which was cool went to Mexico City spent some time with him and just sort of went around the place and loved it aside from the fact that my Spanish was really really shit then and it's a a little bit better now but because I look Mexican everyone would come up in the street and just start babbling with me about 100 miles an hour and expecting me to reply properly Um, that was a bit annoying but yeah did that and and where, where did you where did you go with your dad like what was the is it mexico city yeah yeah so we spent about two weeks just sort of going to various different places around mexico city me him and an ex-girlfriend of mine and it was sick it was really really good most of it was just spent eating and drinking but. is that where your dad's from mexico city then mm-hmm. yeah yeah so he still lives out there at the minute and then uh, I ended up coming back to England for a little bit and then decided I wanted to go back out there and live. So I ended up moving back out there in a place that is essentially just America um, called Cabo San Lucas. In... Oh, that's the... Cabo. Yeah, Cabo. Cabo. Yeah. yeah. For spring break. Spring break. Everybody, let's go to we, Cabo. Were you there for spring break? Uh, yes. 
and it, it was was it everything you dreamed of? Just fucking avoided it like the plague. Oh, and I it was definitely would have wanted to go and see. Oh what no, that yeah, was like. I'd have, Rust me, I would have hundred percent dipped my wick in that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get a backwards New Balance hat, one that doesn't have the buttons. It's just uh, wear like wrap around Oakleys, mm-hmm. shirtless. Yep, screaming. Oh, right. <laughs> Screaming some Greek letters without, <laughs> yeah. without meaning. <laughs> yeah, trust me, man. As soon as you heard those crowds, you were like, "No, it's it's but so." Were, but were you not just te- like tempted just to experience it once, just to be like, "Well, what is?" I mean, we went out for like a couple of drinks in the middle of the day, and it was just—it's exactly what you would imagine. It's just like a little bro fest, and it's horrendous, man. Yeah, it's not God. not what I wanted. It because I've seen pictures of it. Not a spring break. I've seen pictures of spring break as well. Um, but it looks like paradise. It is unbelievably beautiful. But then it's like their Benidorm. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So we would spend like a lot of the time away from, obviously, the big touristy areas and in sort of the back streets of Cabo, which is amazing. Like really cheap, amazing food. Uh, people were lovely. Um, me and an ex-girlfriend ended up setting up like a free English school out there as well, which is quite cool. Um, and sort of getting to know people a little bit better. Not much of a money maker. So. No, terrible, yeah. terrible profits. And then, yeah, just spent loads of time going around, snorkeling, doing road trips, all that kind of thing. It was Fuck. wicked. Yeah, so what are you working as then? You're a regular teacher and then doing free teaching on the side? Um, I was doing online teaching, teaching Taiwanese business people at like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> which was pretty rough, but yeah, worked out well. So where else have you been in Mexico? That's not, I can't get over fucking Taiwanese. How yeah, did you I'm find just trying to people? wrap my head around the Taiwanese business people chatting to you at 4am. I was, <laughs> I mean, mate, I was literally just looking for any online gig. And back then it wasn't quite as popular as it is now. Um, and that was pretty much the only thing that was like paying well enough to allow me to sort of pay rent and live. Um, didn't really have to do that many hours. Could wake up, do a few hours of work, and then just sort of do whatever you wanted. Yeah, what right. What were they like as students? The Thai- Taiwanese businessman. All right, Vietnamese kids are not nearly as good as Taiwanese business people. They would go in having already studied yeah, because the, the, the entire the, the lesson. The Vietnamese kids. This is going to come off really bad. They <laughs> they make the things, and the Taiwanese people own the factories that they, that all these Vietnamese kids lose their fingers in. <laughs> I mean, they're both very good at English, though, so it's fine. Well, <laughs> clearly, counting is going to be worse for one of them. <laughs> so it was you. You well, you travelled and worked. You didn't really go travelling, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've actually thought about that recently. I don't think I've ever done any like actual proper travelling. Mm. Maybe like a little road trip here and there, but like yeah, the vast majority of living abroad has just been or seeing other countries anyway has just been living wherever and then teaching and then just little side trips from wherever i was mm. so yeah is there anywhere that banging. sticks out on, on like an amazing road trip or like the one in vietnam sounds sounds mm. amazing yeah the one in vietnam was amazing um we did one in croatia actually with a friend of mine a few years ago which was really really good just went to a bunch of different national parks which was sick Oh, and we also did a <laughs> we also did a road trip from Cabo up through America in the most convoluted route imaginable, and then ended up yeah, in yeah through Maya. America is a very vague yeah. Do you want to? All right, so we went from Cabo all the way up to Northern California, then down through via where like as... whoa, 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 whoa. what did you do in California? 
so in Northern California, we actually ended up with an ex-girlfriend's mate who was living. So many ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was living uh, in this really remote little area of California. Um, and she was being really vague about what she was doing out there. And it wasn't really until we got there that we had any sort of inkling of what they were up to. Or oh, can we guess? Go on. It was a gigantic weed farm. Nailed it in one. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well guessed. Well made. Yes. Um, so yeah, we ended up meeting her in this tiny little town. And then they were like, right, it's only like a 20 minute drive from here. So it was all, it was about two minutes of driving on roads and about 18 minutes of just driving off road around. It was terrible. Pitch black. Ended up in this place where it was just right next to a yurt. And then two giant polytunnels absolutely filled with weed plants. And they'd been living off grid for like a year and had just been making the most incredible smelling weed you've ever fucking smelled. It was amazing. Was this like completely illegal? Was this after it was decriminalized? I think it was technically decriminalized, but what they were doing was definitely not legal. So they, I think it was still illegal to grow it, but it wasn't illegal for like shops head to, shops to sell it. To, yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know what kind of loop they were operating under, but I think they did quite well out of it. Like, yeah, I think they made about 125 grand or something out of one season's harvest. That's not bad. Doesn't seem yeah. like that much though. I think that was like profit. So after all of their overheads and paying other people to come in by going about with it, but just do yeah. it illegally. And you'll make more money, I guess. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Maybe. What was it like? I've, I've, I've only been to America a couple of times. No, I've only been once. That's not why. Um, and I, have, I, I was young and I have the privilege of like going my mum and uh, not having to worry about border control. Were you like shitting it when you? I, I've never been stopped in the US in the US by a cop. I'd I'd be like in, instinctively mm. terrified about it. Yeah. Um, did you ever have any like weird experiences with like either border force or local police? Could they could they sort of comprehend that someone with a non-white complexion claimed to be British? <laughs> um, we didn't run into that many police, thankfully. The the weirdest thing about it was that we had like a time limit to get through America and then into Canada because my ex had a dog that had to have like a passport that was only valid to be in America for like three and a half weeks or something. So that whole trip was determined by this fucking dog, <laughs> which was ridiculous. Um, and we essentially had to smuggle the dog from America into Canada because we'd overrun it. So, you had to smuggle the dog. Yeah. That can't be too Animal hard, trafficking. I mean, you just managed it. It was a very small dog. Thank fuck. It wasn't like a, I don't know. Well, did you, did you leave it in the car as you went across? Or were you just like, 
Oh, we're near the border. You run this way, dog, <laughs> and then we'll meet we'll you on meet the other side. <laughs> um, I don't actually remember how we managed to do it, to be honest with you, because it was a very loud dog, and they were searching that car for about three hours in the dead of night. It was ridiculous. But yeah, managed to be it. pregnant with a dog. Yeah, could have done. Yeah. Yeah. Very wriggly, yeah. alien sort of scenario. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, in general, it was a bit. They must have known. They must have. They're known. not that thick. Yeah, and oh. they were very fucking thorough with everything else. It was well, Canadians are super polite, though, aren't they? They just yeah, apologize but, yeah, if they the, find the dog. Presumably, the Americans must have just been like, "Well, this dog shouldn't be here." Or did it had to, it had to get to Canada, or it had to be out of the US in three weeks? It had to be out of the US. So they'd yeah. probably just be like, "Well, get out then." Yeah. Like we're trying to. <laughs> yeah. So what's the problem? <laughs> oh, you got a point, actually. Yeah, go on. Get rid. But in terms of like. The only other interaction that we had with police was when we were driving, I think it was through Kentucky, and... What? What is this route? <laughs> yeah, no, I was trying to say, and you wanted to hear about weed farms. So, yeah. Anyway, we were driving Wait, through hang Kentucky. On, yeah. Cabo, <laughs> yeah. Northern, Northern California, California, Kentucky. Yeah, no, 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 trust me. We went way further south than that. So, Northern California, down through, like, Zion, Grand Canyon, Texas... Louisiana so it was basically like going all the way up all the way down to the right and then up to Niagara Falls like a, like a, like, like a big N exactly yeah it was a lot of driving but really sick I'm not sure. it does sound annoying just driving through middle America mate the roads out there are just insane I think there was one stretch through Nevada which was like 300 miles of a dead straight road at night oh man so it was just cat's eyes road uh road markings and it was do you ever look at something for so long that you start to trip out mm. like so that's the reason to take meth yeah in and of itself <laughs> to get through monotonous tasks i mean it's the only only reason to that and the free dentistry mm. yeah um. yeah well not in america but oh shit yeah it must have been really frustrating because there must have been some really amazing towns you went through or mm -hmm. places and you'd just been like, oh, I'd love to stop here for a few days. Mm -hmm. And then you, you had extra, <laughs> extra girls <laughs> yeah. being like, fuck, fucking dog. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. New Orleans, actually, I really want to spend a little bit more time in. That was like my favorite city in America by a mile. Really, really cool. Did um, Ash talk to you about New Orleans? Very briefly. He said he hated it. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he just said hot? it was so intense. There's so much. Oh, was going he there on. for Mardi Gras? No, he wouldn't have been there for Mardi Gras. No, he was there a couple no. of weeks ago. Just oh, he said he's he hated he's it. Such a cretin. He's yeah. such a penis. He rocked up in um in cowboy boots. Yeah. Oh, mate. The other day. Me too. Yeah. He what, at work. He had like a little swagger to him. Like, no, he came and dropped off a cigar and a ma'am and some seasonings. Tipping a hat that he doesn't have. Yeah. <laughs> a little shiny belt buckle. So yeah, Ash just Ash just got back from from America. We're gonna we're gonna get him on at some point. Mm. Hear him whinge about a three week road trip. Yeah, I want to go back to Mexican food mm. because you make very very good Mexican food. I'm not sure where you learnt it. <laughs> Self taught, baby. It's just just in the heart. Yeah, no, it's in my blood. It's genetic. <laughs> yeah, salsa coursing through your veins. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, mate. Mexican food is fucking incredible. I think. If I had one nationality that I could eat forever, it would probably be that. 
It's inc- it's amazing. And annoyingly, what we get over here is not, it's such a shitty thing to say, but it really isn't like actual Mexican food, if you know what I mean. You two are the spiciest people I know. Oh, actually. really? Oh, we need to have spice stuff then. Yeah, we yeah. definitely should. Yeah. Just shit blood for a week. That Just sit great. here and feed each other uh, hot, hot chilies. Yeah. What spice would you be? Uh, like something spice. Oh, oh, you mean, oh, okay, okay. Um, oh, God. Rupture, spice r- rupture? <laughs> rupture spice. Yeah. Pro, prolapse spice. Yeah, prolapse spice, maybe. <laughs> She's my favourite. <laughs> and you're obviously Mexi spice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Maxi, oh, Maxi spice is a good one. Mexi spice. Yeah. Oh, I, need, I need to work on my spice name then. Mm. What are your guys' favourite Mexican foods? When I ate meat, it was fish tacos. Mm. They are another level of delicious. Um, I just love a good burrito. Yeah, yeah. I, I like anything covered in a molo sauce of any description. A molo yes. sauce. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Like a fucking shoe. <laughs> like, you can just stick that on anything. It's just like, ash. Uh, yeah, ash wood. Um, yeah, like sawdust. <laughs> Sounds good. What is it? It's like maybe it's it's like a salsa, but it's got. It's like really thick and rich and dark mm-hmm. and sometimes has a bit of bitter chocolate in it. And it's got like burnt corn crushed up and it's just like mm. the most complex, richest, slightly spicy sauce. Yeah. It's one of those things that you eat and you're like, I don't really have anything to re- like relate this to, except it's a bit chocolatey and super rich. It's amazing. It's really delicious. Ooh. You're going to have yeah. to have some of that. Have it on a bit of chicken or whatever mm. and then some rice. And yeah. It's just... Chicken or whatever. So it's just the sauce. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. just the sauce. But I think there's loads of different types because presumably mole means sauce in some indigenous language. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know what the translation is for it. Guacamole. Oh, shit. So what does guac mean? um, Sound a duck makes. (laughs) (laughs) What does guac mean in Mexican? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not a word. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Yeah, it's fucking great though. I do miss. Oh, I miss that food so much. You have been to Mexico? No. Oh, yes, I have. Shit, I have been to Mexico. <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> Did you go with your mum? No, I didn't go with my mum. I was there for a. I had a very brief layover in Mexico City um, after a flight back from Costa Rica and Nicaragua. Um, I had about ten hours. Uh, went to the town center. Um, nice. It was it was Day of the Dead. Oh, um, no way. So, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Really lucked out. Like, no planning. Just happened to be like that. So we walked around, like, the main square in Mexico City. That must have been insane. Mm-hmm. And just went, just saw it all. It was really cool. Um, like, lots of really cool indigenous people playing indigenous instruments, being indigenous. <laughs> um, <laughs> being all indigenous. And then saw that for a few hours. And we went to a night market, or, like, an evening food market, and got some, like, street tacos and had some beers. My days. It was really, really cool. Mm. Um, I forego my vegetarianism. And I was like, I want some street meat. Mm-hmm. Fair, uh, and it was the best thing ever. Yeah. What was Day of the Dead like? It was. It was cool. Bonkers. It was a little bit. I don't think I was there for like because it's it, it's over a few days, isn't it? From my understanding, mm-hmm. and there's like the day where everyone actually goes to the cemeteries, and then there's like some carnival day. I was there for like the carnival bit, so it wasn't, oh, it wasn't great. Um, Sounds like the best day to be there. It was quite commercially commercial, but you sort of mm. expect that, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, so lots of people just nicely painted, walking around, having fun, eating, eating, eating 
elote and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is, that is that that elote that elote, corn? The, yeah. yeah, the corn with like sour like, cream. Oh, like, that stuff like, is the best. It's incredible. Oh my god, I like, forgot that, that existed. Case of fresco and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then cover it in like different uh, seasonings and shit. It's delicious though. Yeah, really, really good. Were you there for Day of the Dead? I wasn't. No, sadly. Just spring break. Just spring break. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I really know about Day of the Dead is through Coco, mm. the, the Pixar film. I'm not yeah. sure. Have, have you seen it? No. Oh my oh, god, mate! Zero. It's a heartbreaker. There's only. I cry every single time. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's what's yeah. it about? Day of the Dead. Family. Yeah. Uh, it's about music, family, um, love, loss. Is it mm-hmm. is it as good as The Emperor's New Groove? Because I've only got I've only got um, space in my life for one Hispanic Disney film. Mm. I laugh more in Emperor's New Groove, mm. but I cry I more. I cry more in <laughs> Mexico. Right? Yeah, I have to give it a go. Um, it's it's magical. Is it? Have you it seen? It's fucking it? amazing. Yeah, 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 it's really good. It's really is it good. better than Emperor's New Groove? I haven't seen Emperor's New Groove in a oh, really long oh, time, um, so I don't really remember it too well. But I'll rewatch it and uh, get back to you. Do you know much about Day of the Dead? Mm. Uh, yeah, I was actually doing some research on it before, but I don't know. I, the mythology of Aztec tradition, I think, is like one of the wildest topics, especially in Mexican history. It's absolutely amazing. So Coco kind of goes through having like the ofrenda and the offerings that you would give to the dead and that sort of side of it. But it doesn't really go into why. The ofrenda is basically the it's all the pictures of your people that you're wanting to remember on mm-hmm. the Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And then you would give them like offerings of like food and water and things like that to help the transition uh, of them going into the afterlife and then whatever they're going to be doing there. Um, but yeah, do you want to hear like a bit about? What happens in the afterlife? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, I I know in Coco they skip across a bridge of flowers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they really sort of romanced it in Coco because there's a there's a few ways that you can go, which are fine, um, and then there's one which is absolutely brutal. So, in Aztec mythology, you would have four different houses that you would go to after you died, depending on how you died. Three of them aren't too bad. One of them is fucking horrendous. So what do you mean how you died? So they would believe that you would go to different portions of the afterlife depending on what kind of death you had. So if you died as a child, you would have like a specific one. If you died in battle, you would have another one. And then if you died weirdly by lightning, drowning or other water things, you would have another one. But if you had the bad luck of dying from old age or natural causes you would have the worst time ever but isn't that everyone by and large most people yeah most people <laughs> but yeah. then surely right and correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure when we hear about like how you actually get there it's gonna be grim but if it's that bad and i let's say i was dying of gout whatever <laughs> i don't know some pick it pick it like well that's a I, battle of sorts yeah <laughs> say i cut my arm and i got a really bad infection i'm gonna die um why would I not just drown myself? I mean, you could probably cheat your way out of it. The gods might be a bit angry at you, though. Yeah, but they, they come made, on they into made... this nice house. But they mm-hmm. made the rules, so 
They did. Anyway, sorry, I, I, I digress. What, what are these? Uh, what are these houses? Um, so I actually shared the link with Kev a little bit earlier, just to sort of get a little bit of uh, second eyes on it. So the first house is if you die as a child, where you basically go to this sort of massive tree that would give you milk, and you would then suckle on that milk for a very long time to sort so of gain a, strength. A tree of breasts. Yeah, a, a titty tree of sorts. Did it actually have tits on it, though? Um, I'm guessing if it gives milk, it's got to have some sort of... You're not going to suck it out of a leaf, are you? Could just yeah, have like little know. nubbins. Could do. But not... I mean, you can get yeah. oat milk now. Why not titty, titty tree milk? Titty tree milk. What are you saying? Um, <laughs> and the reason that those kids would be drinking that milk is they think that this current world or this cycle that we're living in sorry the Aztecs also believe that life is completely cyclical so it would come back around they believe that when this cycle ended and all of like humanity was gone from the world that those kids would be the ones to repopulate the earth anyway so not the worst way to go the third way the third house is the warriors um sort of afterlife which is kind of like the most similar thing to Valhalla but in Mexican tradition that I've sort of heard of. So you would wake up with like the sounds of like shields being battered and then you would live in this sort of paradise for four years, after which you would turn into a hummingbird or a butterfly and then just eat flowers all day. Sounds pretty dank. Yeah, yeah I'd like that. Wouldn't be too bad. I'm not sure about the shields clanging. That sounds... Disruptive. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Not a nice way to wake up. I remember how I died. No. What if it's really... <laughs> Far in distance, and it's like sounds more like a babbling brook, of shields, <laughs> almost like a like a steel drum. Yeah, uh, and yeah, you're in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Do you get a choice of whether you become a hummingbird or a butterfly? Because I'd I'd be pretty fucked off yeah. if I was a butterfly. Really, you prefer to be a hummingbird? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that long tongue. Uh, in. <laughs> yeah, I think I prefer to be a hummingbird as well. To be fair. Let's see what one of those giant butterflies. Um, anyway. And then the fourth way that you could go... The bad people, the normal people who die normally. Oh, right. All right. Do you want to get onto them? Oh, no. I thought that's where you were, where you you were skip, taking it. You skip number two. Yeah, because two is the worst. Does it have to be done in... Is it like one, two, three, four? Uh, Behind door number two. <laughs> well, basically, one, three, and four are okay. But they're, they're and then not, two is horrendous. Presumably, they're not numbered, are they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Ah, mm. I thought you were just like skipping around for, for no, dramatic no, no, effect. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to come straight back to two. Everything's like, he's moving a tail, Thomas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> um, so yeah, in the fourth house, if you die by lightning, drowning, or some other water diseases, you go to a place. <laughs> I don't know. For real, fishing accidents. <laughs> <laughs> um. You would go to this place, which again is kind of like a type of paradise um, ruled over by the god of agriculture. So you would just eat and drink all day. Um, and that's pretty much it for eternity. Seems like a bit of a cop out. Seems like a really good way good way to go. It seems like they really wanted people to die in battle uh, or by lightning. Or kids. Or, or as kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's just a way to get people to obviously fight more, obviously. Mm. But... Um, keep working when it's raining mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and or yeah just do more like waterside jobs like fishing and 
I don't know. I don't know why I can't think of a single other jet ski instructors like, and stuff. Like the that. entire country is <laughs> lifeguards. Jet skis, yeah. <laughs> Irrigation. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so this, the second way that people would die, and I think this is sort of why the offenders were made, is you would have to go through nine different layers of the underworld and make your way through four years of trials um, to basically get to the end point where you then kind of pass on. But those trials are horrendous. Like, really, really not nice. Do you want to hear about them? So I've made a little note of them just because there's a shitload. It sounds like there's going to be piercings and just bad stuff that happens genital mutilation yeah, yeah there's, there's a bit of that there's a bit of that um right do you want me to just monologue this for a minute because it's yeah crack on we'll... the, these nine layers are but feel free to stop and thank you we'll, we'll talk about all the gen- genital mutilation on the way um people who eventually succumb to illness and old age went to mictlan in order to reach it, the soul has to make a four-year journey passing through nine layers of the underworld and v- uh, various daunting tests. First, the dead would come to a place where a great river roared along, wide and gushing, intimidating and impossible to swim across. Not a great start. So they'd have to swim across... An impossible <laughs> swim. <laughs> Shit. Sounds like the first hurdle. Yeah. But presumably they can't do it. If you've got four years, I mean, you know. You get better at swimming. Well, they've got a little helper. To cross it, one needed the help of uh, a special dog, each family raised and cremated alongside the mourned deceased. So dogs were associated with the deity Holothal, the god of death. So Is that death or the god of death? The god of death. Which presumably may be death. Yeah. Do you get the dog for three and a half weeks? (laughs) You've got to cross that river in a really short time span. (laughs) Just to give you a sort of an idea of how mad Aztec mythology is, uh, among the Aztecs, the god Holotl was a monstrous dog. During the creation of the fifth son, Holotl was hunted by death and escaped him by transforming himself into a sp- in, first into a sprout of maize, then into a magui leaves, and finally as a salamander in a pool of water. The third time that death found Holotl, he trapped him and killed him. Three important foodstuffs were produced from the body of the mythological dog. The Lord of the Dead had the bones of man in the underworld, kept over from the previous man in the underworld. Oh, sorry, kept over from the previous creations. Holotl descended to the underworld to steal these bones so that man could be reborn into the new creation of the fifth son. Holotl managed to recover the bones and brought man back to life by piercing his penis and bleeding upon them. His own dick? This, is this the dog? His own, yeah, this. This is the dog. Firstly, his little, his little no red, his little red rocket. His little red rocket. Yeah, he could probably scratch though, couldn't he? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> he's also a monstrous dog. So, oh uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, after the crossing, the deceased was stripped of all his clothes, beginning the second part of his journey between the two mountains that conflicted with each other. At the end of the pass, the deceased would be forced to walk down the hill strewn with flints and sharp obsidian. The next stage was the walk through eight mountains covered with perpetual snow that would fall on and on, whipped by strong winds. When I was reading this, I was like, I wonder how long each of these bits would realistically take. I mean, mountains that conflict with each other. Yeah, so apparently they were like, do you know in 
one of the Lord of the Rings films where the mountains are alive and they're like fighting each other. Do you remember that? It might have been in The Hobbit or something. No, maybe in The Hobbit, yeah. But they have to like pass through them and they're literally fighting each other. So apparently these things would be like crashing into each other. Uh, and you would have to like pass oh, like through. Like earthquake shit. <clears throat> Makes sense. Like earthquake shit. I thought just like disagreeing with each other. Oh, right. <laughs> Passive we've aggressive got mountains. We've got conflicting opinions. That's Mountains in the midst of a messy divorce. <laughs> um, anyway, after this, the dead would arrive at the foot of the hill, the last stop in the first part of the journey. These moors were cold and large where the dead would have to walk endlessly, crossing the desolated land. Done with the first test, the dead would take a long path where they would be struck with arrows by unseen entities. <laughs> Sounds like a shit. Will they actually get hit? Or if they were they oh. if they were still good, they could like dodge a few and I mean if you were, you know, on point, you'd probably be alright, but you'd probably be knackered by this point. Anyway. At the end why, of the... why would you die normally? Well exactly. Yeah. If you believed in this, I'd just As soon as a lightning storm was out, you'd be right out there. I wonder where the line is for dying in battle, whether or not it's like just you get into a fight in the street and Die that way, or... Yeah, and what if you die from your wounds after a battle? There must be a mm. cut-off point. Mm. <laughs> it's been six months, yeah, John. Exactly. Like, Juan, you've, you're milking this you're for getting, all You're either getting better, or you're <laughs> going to the shit hell. <laughs> all right, well, I better go drown myself. Yeah. Also, apparently, um, women who died during childbirth were taken to that, like, sort of warrior's um, after afterlife as well. I suppose that is a fucking battle, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, at the end of the path, they would arrive at the place inhabited by thousands of fierce beasts. This bit is brutal. When any of the beasts reached them, the passerby uh, would have to throw open their chests and let the beasts eat their hearts. Every time? Every time. Right, nice. So um, I'd I'd imagine the part would come back just for that to happen again. Yeah. Afterwards, they would be forced to dive into the... uh, Apinuayu, where the water was black and where a giant lizard had lived. The dead would have to swim in this lake, dodging the animals, including the terrifying lizard, to get to the next test. Next, they would have to wade through nine rivers on a past of mist and dark. The sun never rose in this place. Finally, tired, injured and exhausted with suffering, they would reach their final destination, where they would meet the fierce god of death, who would receive them with vengeance. That bit is like the cherry on the fucking cake, isn't it? Like received with vengeance. Why? Why is it so bad to die normally? For real. I, so what does he do with them? Uh, so that's the end of it. So, so what the end. So here the cycle would end forever, and here uh, they would live until their bodies and their lives would extinguish. So you get to hang out with the god of vengeance at the end. But of he a hates four you. Year yeah, it'd be yeah. vengeance. Not of... even like a pat on the back. <laughs> you <laughs> did it. Well done. Yeah. But yeah. Have a... You fools. So yeah, don't That's... die normally, guys. No. So how did that... Are you... From what I understand about Mexican culture at the moment, um, mm-hmm. it's pretty Catholic. So I really find, I find it really interesting how that sort of more ancient like religion and mythology sort of intertwines with Catholicism. Mm-hmm. 
care to expand? Well, they, they say that the fourth house, the one where you get to hang out with the god of agriculture, is the most similar to like heaven that Catholics would sort of believe in. So you would have like an endless paradise where you would be able to eat and drink all day and just sort of do whatever you wanted. Is that, is that the, wa- the water lightning one? Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I know what you mean. It's really weird the way that different ideologies will kind of be born separately from each other, but have so many sort of consistent I don't know, similarities. But do you think people in Mexico genuinely believe that all the day of the dead stuff they're doing is like, are they like hedging bets for two different afterlives? If you know what I mean. I don't know. Cause there are so many, the Catholicism is massive in Mexico now. Like this is like an ancient Mexican, uh, sorry, ancient Aztec um, mythology and belief and tradition. And it's kind of weird the way that they kind of intertwine different rituals and traditions from previous things into modern day things if you know what I mean. So I think like modern day, the offrenders and all of the sort of offerings that you would give out may have a link to more traditional ideals, but the vast majority of people I met out there were all Catholic or Christian. I guess it's a bit like voodoo in in like Haiti and stuff. It's very like Hmm. came from West Africa originally Mm -hmm. and now it's sort of had this like mix with local Christianity and it sort of has its own really weird traditions. I think it's sick. I'd love yeah. to go love to go back and actually enjoy Day of the Dead mm. rather than mm. worry about missing flights. Yeah, for real. That's a sick layover, man. Like, to pick any day of the year to be there. That's awesome. Don't thank me. Thank the airline. Thank <laughs> it just right. Cheers, spirit. I don't think we've got anything else off the top of the dome. We're going to have to do a proper Mexico episode, I think. I did, I did the most cursory bit of research for Mexico today. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a little bit like I can't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to read it out because we haven't even touched on Mexico, aside from like you're talking about, about the afterlife and, yeah. and actually mm. living there and being it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked, we haven't even said what the name of the country is properly. And so it's a bit like, well, maybe we should, maybe we should hold off for another yeah. Mexico Reloaded. We yeah. talk about Mexico all of Mexico Reloaded, <laughs> back with a vengeance. We talk about all of our favorite um, films. From Mexico, mm. yeah, for sure, sick um, machete. Obviously, that's the that's Num- the only number one. So, was that number one in Mexico? No, no that's just my number, number one. one in our hearts. Yeah, Better exactly. than cars. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we will see you in Mexico at some point. Thanks for coming, Sam. Dope, Love man. you. Cheers, brother. Bye. Ta-da. See you later.